Hello and welcome to the fellow cast. This is episode number 20 and it is a important episode because right at this moment we are starting or I am starting. I keep on saying we but it's actually I myself in this office with a microphone am starting a new season of the fellow cast and that season is going to be called Who's Who? And you can insert some funky music in your mind who's who to this one and uh, basically what it's going to be is just a light-hearted look at who's who in the zoo or in the fellowship at least so many people we've had great interviews with with our staff and ministry leaders and and we still will do some of those but for the time being we're going to switch gears into getting to know some of our peop- uh, people in the congregation and uh if you if you are new to the fellowship or if you've been here for years it doesn't really matter because i don't even know everyone who who comes to this church and i'm excited to be able to say today at my very first guest name is andrew bremner and uh, he's going to be talking to us about who he is what he does and i'm going to be asking him some some interesting questions and some fun questions and like i said it's a light-hearted look at who's who in the fellowship just to get to know each other and uh, yeah maybe next time you see the person you can walk up to them and say hey i listened to you on the fellow cast and i i know you a little bit better now and who knows you that are listening you may be next i might give you a call or send you an sms or a whatsapp and ask you to join me in my office for a interview and so Let's get this show on the road. Good day. So like I said in the introduction, we're starting out a new segment for the fellow cast and it's called Who's Who. And I'm very excited to have Andrew Bremner with me today. Welcome, Andrew. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited. Thanks, well I'm excited to, to find out more about you. And also, um, I believe the people that are listening will be blessed to just find out who you are as a person. And, and so just to to get into it would you would you take a, a moment just to introduce yourself if you had to if people say who's andrew uh yeah i'm um, i'm one of the uh, fellow journeymen uh, <laughs> in this exciting journey called life um i uh, I, I live down the road here in Melkbos. um we uh, we're uh, we're down from pretoria five years ago um really blessed to be here mm. and just enjoying a slower pace of life and uh, and drawing together as a family i'm married to christelle i have three daughters uh, the oldest megan is matriculating this year and then jade and abigail um and um we are uh, just uh, enjoying being part of this community and so that's me uh growing and uh, uh and and connecting yeah and a, and a dad of three three girls and obviously you have a wife so that's four girls in the family i always think that takes a special kind of man oh thanks to, to have uh, th- four women oh, in the house. i don't know oh, if you I'm have blessed. dogs or cats or uh, we've got a male dog male dog <laughs> all right so there's two male, <laughs> males around the the family 
What do you do for a living, Andrew? What What do you What's your your day job? Uh, I'm a pilot. Um, I fly the long range for SAA, and uh, th that's the Airbus 340. Um, okay. And so I'm still based in Johannesburg. So I get to get up there on a crew seat. Um, I fly about uh, three times a month. So I'm up there. Um, uh, well, w once a, about once a week, um, I uh, go off on a on a one week trip. Okay. That's generally my work. Okay. And then, w is there specific routes that you that you are assigned to, or is it uh, it's, it varies? How, how I'm assigned to uh, an aircraft. So how it works is that you're trained on a specific type, and wherever that type goes, uh, we go. Okay. So um, the the 340 goes uh, on the long range routes. So we fly to Europe and uh, North America. Uh, we fly to Sao Paulo and to uh, Hong Kong um, and Perth, okay. and then some regional stuff as well. Yeah. And how long have you been a pilot for? How long have you been doing it for? I've been doing it for 25 years. Wow. And uh, um, I've been at SA for 23. Sure. So Quarter of a century. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's yeah, that's yeah. a long time. I'm waiting time. for the watch. <laughs> giving your age, not giving your age away. But you, I must say, if you haven't seen Andrew, he looks very young and, and sprightly oh, still. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. 25 years of work is a long time. Uh, that's that's uh, an, uh, quite an achievement. It goes by quick. Yeah, I can imagine. I, I, I'm... I'm I'm only working at the church for I think five years now, but it's gone like like nothing. It mm. flies. Yeah, so I can imagine twenty five years when you look back, it's like a blur sometimes. It, it how, is. how fast yeah. life goes. So interesting interesting thing question I wanna ask you. What do you think about all those hours up there when you're flying? I know do, you, do when you put it on autopilot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, first of all that we're grateful for autopilots <laughs> because <laughs> without them we'd have to work really hard. Yeah. But um you know, um, it's it's a beautiful uh, environment that I work in. Um, first, God created the heavenlies, and mm. I'm uh, in the heavenlies <laughs> for uh, for my job, and it is uh, it's a beautiful place to be. Yeah. Um, it's uh, as far as work goes, I've got to do uh, some checks every 20 minutes or so, okay. and so we just run through a few things for that, mostly air traffic control. Mm. Um, it's nothing uh, too intense uh, normally. Um, get around some weather and uh, just keep ourselves aware of where we are and what's going on around us. Um, uh, the real intense part is the takeoff and the landing, okay. but uh, um, on the long-range uh, fleets, we don't do too many of those. Okay. Um, and uh, so it's a combination of um, seeing God's glory around me, uh, yeah. and it's really, uh, like I said, it's beautiful. And then the person that I'm with, there's a conversation um, uh, chance there yeah. that uh, I've got a captive audience there yeah. for, <laughs> for a long time. You're locked in together. Yeah, exactly. And um, we've got to be a little careful about what we talk about because things like uh, politics yeah. uh, and even religion uh, are sensitive uh, subjects. Yes. Um, and uh, the conversation is normally good, um, and uh, we deal with different cultures, and there's uh, it's also across gender now as well. So mm. we've got all walks of life on the flight deck yeah. now, and that makes it interesting. For interesting time up there. Yeah. But yeah. I want to just track back to something you said there, the, the autopilot. Do you, do you sometimes land with autopilot? You can land with autopilot on wow. on, on most runways. Um, it's got to do with the installation um, on the runway okay. uh, as to whether you can use that installation or not. Um, our aircraft are equipped uh, to, to, to engage in that, but um, not all runways have it. Um, okay. And also some airports will have six or seven runways, and the runway in use might not um, facilitate that automatic the landing. And so you, you normally do it manually, okay. but when there's fog and the visibility is reduced, it's safer to, to land on autopilot. Yeah. But in the fog, the wind is normally very calm, so you don't have that to deal with. Okay. 
it's quite interesting the way that you would say that it, it's safer to land on autopilot that actually machines have become more dependable than yeah. people sometimes. Yes. Where I mean, I would actually think it's the other way around, but I mean, the, the technology is so amazing nowadays that... That's it. And the, the machine is monitoring so many different parameters that mm. we're just not capable of monitoring all of those parameters at once. Yeah. So um, that's why it, it's such... Um, but there are some limitations on it. Okay. Uh, so, for example, in Johannesburg, because of the sloping runway, there's a, there's a problem with the automatic landing there. So there we'd have to land okay. manually. And um, you know, there's always a curveball thrown at us where air traffic control might change the runway. And uh, we need to be ready for, for that sort of that thing. keeps yeah. it interesting. It does. Any yeah. any close shaves? Any aircraft investigation <laughs> kind of situations? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I've been very blessed with a with a smooth career so far. Okay. And uh, it, um, it, it, it's it's been smooth sailing really okay. but uh, I've had to shut an engine down um, and uh, we've had some uh, interesting weather to deal with but uh, nothing too scary I, 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 I was on a flight once from a small airport in Redding California yeah. to um, San Francisco and I don't know if you've been to San Francisco's yeah. uh, airport but there was very foggy that day yeah. and it was one of those turboprop um, little uh, uh, planes and it's funny enough, it's the only flight that I ever was able to sleep on, like an hour flight yeah, on yeah. this very noisy plane. I'll fall asleep, but otherwise I can't sleep on a plane. Anyway, it was so foggy, and and I was I remember looking out the window, and it was a it was a lady flying, and she was like she said, "We're going in for the landing," but literally I think 10, 20 meters before we hit the the landing strip, you couldn't see anything, and I was just amazed at the skill level that that woman had to ha to have have to have <laughs> to land that plane in the conditions like yeah. that i don't know if those small planes have autopilot yeah, it depends on the uh, on the on the training as well so um at south african airways we've done um the highest level of training so that we can land in the fog okay um because you have to be current mm. so every six months we have to get back into the simulator wow. and practice those um, low visibility landings wow. yeah and uh, um, they're not particularly difficult but um they do require a bit of uh practice therefore yeah. to stay current yeah so there's uh, there's a law that legislates um how long a period uh, we can have uh, in between those types of landings yeah so if you've gone beyond that period then you may not do it in real life you have to get back into the simulator to, to practice to keep it. yourself fresh exactly sure that's that's something interesting mm. i never knew so so what inspires you to keep doing what you do except obviously for the paycheck but i mean what 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 does inspire you to um, that beauty I talked about, you know, the love of flying, I think it's uh, a lot of people can relate to uh, the love of flight. Mm. It's, uh, it's, it's just a, an exciting thing. Um, uh, the machines that we uh, operate are also um, I interesting and exciting. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's amazing to think that we're taking this aluminium tube and... Uh, <laughs> putting it, it in the air. Yeah, putting it in the air and, and pushing it along at 1,000 kilometers sure. an hour up at uh, 40,000 feet where the air is at minus 60 degrees Celsius. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 quite a phenomenal machine, and to work with them uh, is is interesting, and uh, um, I've I've always enjoyed that. Um, we're obviously monitoring systems as we're flying along. Uh, the, the aircraft moves fuel around. Uh, it's all done by computer, but we have the facility to override when yeah. the things don't go according to plan. 
but um, it even moves the fuel into different areas for efficiency. Sure. Um, so it's 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 an amazing um, uh, piece of kit. Um, I also enjoy the people. You know, the the working um, with people who are similarly minded mm. is also uh, interesting, and the fact that we can connect uh, on a flying level straight away. Yeah. So the conversation is not normally too strained. Yeah. You, know, you can get into <laughs> get into conversation straight yeah. away, and that's nice because it breaks the ice. Yeah. So I've enjoyed the people as well. Okay. It's interesting that you say that because I have a friend who's a who's a chopper pilot, mm. and then I have a friend who's a fixed wing pilot, and and it's always funny the discussions yeah, between because yeah. they're always bashing each other. Yeah, exactly. No, and we don't talk to chopper pilots uh, much unless exactly. we have to. <laughs> <laughs> and then then you have guys like me standing there. I'm like, what are you talking about? Doesn't make sense to me. So I get what you're saying that that people just get you and understand you on that level. And then and then um, if you if you were if you were not a pilot, if you could do anything else. Maybe you didn't want to do anything else, mm. but what what would it be? Yeah, it's a tough question. Um, I mentioned the machines earlier, and uh, that interests me. Uh, my first car was a, a beach buggy that uh, my dad and I built up from from scratch, basically, sure. and so that that interests me. So, uh, car restoration or car maintenance—that's okay. something that, that I have an interest in. So maybe that would be a field of work that I something. I would explore if I if I wasn't flying. I also um, it, it it excites me to see people. Uh, um, improving and being healed mm. and being better than what they presently are so you know w whatever uh field that's in um, that that is also something that's exciting okay. for me so um uh, it's, a, it's a tough question to answer but th those are my two other interests it's actually good if you if you get yourself in that position where you actually don't really want to do something else where you find yourself doing what what yeah. what you've been made for yeah and yeah. and living your life i mean 25 years and and you still got a smile on your face when yeah. you talk about it yeah. i think that's incredible because I, I mean i know people that that have been stuck in a job and they they still they're not happy but they do it because of the paycheck and and it's right. really it's really um encouraging to hear someone doing something that's not necessarily you know we we, th we think everything needs to be very spiritual in terms of it's in the church or whatever but you get to meet with people that someone who's who's in ministry full-time uh, so to speak inverted commas don't necessarily get to reach those people yeah um you know up in the air yeah stuck in a stuck in a uh, aluminium tube together yeah, yeah and you know it's a real blessing because um i've always wanted to be a pilot and it just wasn't working out for me because i went to the air force uh, initially and uh, the 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 bush war which we were fighting at the time ended and um they didn't need as many pilots as what they had mm. so i thought my career was over before it even started sure. and uh, slowly but surely I, I got the flying hours in the private uh, sector and uh, built up my time like that so it, what looked very bleak um at one stage I could have just thrown in the towel, but um, I'm glad I pushed through. <laughs> Something I'm going to put you on the spot. We can, uh, you can tell me if you don't want to do it. But I'm always like when the pilots come on the thing, ping, and they use that voice to to <laughs> announce what's happening. Can you do one of those for us today? If you had to fly out of North uh, Bush today. Well, welcome on board, ladies and gentlemen. Um, uh, this is uh, the fellowship's uh, service to Johannesburg. We'll be uh, cruising at 35,000 feet. And uh, the uh, flying time you can expect is a uh, uh, eternity. <laughs> <laughs> eternity. Oh man, that's good. I really love uh, it when pilots come and it's like they use a different voice. Yeah, it's almost like the high school. Uh, yeah, we we're not taught that. It seems is to it come <laughs> naturally. It's an anointing that comes yeah, upon yeah, you yeah. when you switch that thing on. That's so cool. 
So if you could teach, if you could teach the listeners anything in a, in a couple of minutes or uh, I don't know, however long it can take, the shortest amount of period, what, what would it be assuming that they, they didn't already know? It can be anything. Well, um, you know, w- what has been on my mind lately is how um, in flying we taught that attitude is everything mm. because uh, the aircraft flies according to the angle of attack, uh, which is the airflow over the wing. Okay. If the nose is too high, you can stall, and if the nose is too low, you're not going to get enough lift to okay. fly. So um, during a takeoff, for example, if we have a distraction like an engine failure or something like that, as long as the attitude of the aircraft is correct um, then the aircraft will fly and you know bringing that back into life um, that's so true if we just keep our attitude correct and and our focus so looking at the right instrument and flying or or looking in the right area in life Mm. um, if that is correct then the rest will fall into place and um, I think that it's important well I find it encouraging when I bring uh, those principles into everyday life when I look for God's fingerprints in things I do and things I see hmm. because um, that reminds me of his principles of his word and and I just find that um, life-giving in the fact that it's not just theoretical knowledge that I'm applying it's hmm. not hey yeah I can relate to that yeah. um, whatever the situation uh, might be so um, if I could teach anybody anything I'd say look for God's fingerprints in whatever you're doing sure. um, and and relate it to um, his word, which makes his word come alive. Mm. Uh, I found that exciting. Yeah, I think that's very powerful, th- um, what you've shared, because it's like that Romans 1, you know, God's glory is evident everywhere. If mm. we just look to it, no one, ha- no one is able to say that they, they haven't been able to see God. We can see God in all of creation. And what you're saying there is kind of sh- just shifting your focus to, to look for what God is busy doing. And yep. It's a powerful, um, powerful illustration that you use there. What's one of the funniest things that has happened to you recently? Uh, <laughs> well, um, it was a, a little while ago, one of my colleagues was sharing that uh, <laughs> he had some extra uniform, which uh, we used to get a lot of extra stuff uh, being a state entity. Um, and he decided that he was going to, um, uh, instead of these shirts that were just lying in his cupboard, yeah. he, he was going to use them um, to just wear on an everyday basis. So he thought he'd dye a couple of them. So he dyed a couple of them light yellow and light blue. And <laughs> so anyway, one morning he was getting dressed early uh, in the dark uh, and he didn't want to switch the lights on to wake up his wife. So he, he got dressed quickly and halfway to work, the sun was rising and he looked down and he was wearing one of his yellow yeah. shirts. <laughs> <laughs> so he spent the day <laughs> flying in his yellow shirt. No which uh, obviously <laughs> <laughs> looked like it'd been through the wash a couple of times. Yeah. You know, those white ones that turn yellowish. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man. Um, but uh, a little, a few, a little while ago, I was at uh, at work in the simulator, and there was a problem, and that got cancelled. Um, and I had to, uh, well, I went down to the roster clock to um, just find out what my next duty was, and they said, well, actually, we've, we're short of a pilot because of um, someone that was sick. Um, and can you go to Cape Town and back for us? So I, I said, yeah, sure, but I don't have my uniform here. So I was in my civvies. And so, um, no, no, sure, you can just fly in your civvies. No so uh, I did that because I had all my licenses and permits 
and everything. Yeah. And um, the the reaction of the cabin crew when they walked into the cockpit to see this, uh, what so they thought was a passenger. <laughs> yeah, well, it was good. So anyway, that was that was uh, enjoyable to see their reactions <laughs> on that day. Did you drag it out for a bit? <laughs> or, did, or did they know you? <laughs> I pretended to be like uh, pushing and pulling and, what does this do? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think you would have given a couple of people a c- close to a heart attack. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's quite funny. And, um, Let's let's go a bit deeper mm. right now. Um, tell us more about your journey to into the kingdom. How, how you said in the beginning you're a journeyman, fellow mm. journeyman. But how did you get saved? Well, um, I uh, I had a confirmation experience when I was 14, which was um, meaningful, but not. Um, something that I followed uh, m- for very long afterwards. So I fell back into the world uh, and did the worldly things for a number of years. Um, I started working, uh, I met my wife, um, we got married, and life is a way of making you aware of bigger things, maybe leveling you, maybe humbling you, however you want to look at it. And um, my wife's father had gone through cancer and had passed away. We uh, we had our second child, and um, uh, I was tired and worn out and trying to do everything uh, in my own strength. And uh, we went on a holiday uh, to Mauritius, which was going to be uh, a solution to a lot of our problems. Yeah. That was going to fix uh, things because now we're going to reset. Yeah. And during that holiday... Um, uh, each one of the kids got sick, and Christelle got sick, and um, it just wasn't working out. And uh, we were in this beautiful lodge, and we couldn't even go down to eat together because it was sickness. And yeah. uh, so I would go down and eat, and then if Stella was feeling well enough, she'd go down and eat while I looked after the kids. Sure. And uh, it wasn't great. And then um, one of the nights, I just picked up um, the Gideon's Bible that was in, in the bedside drawer, wow. and I started reading. And uh, and suddenly, for the first time, the words actually came alive. They they weren't just something that I could explain. Well, Jesus could have been a prophet or he could have been the son of God. It was suddenly, no, he is the son of God. Um, creation was boom. It yeah. wasn't just a, an evolution into something. Yeah. It was it suddenly as clear as day and night. Wow. And there was just such a, a revelation yeah. uh, to me. And um, my, my journey started there. Sure. Um, and uh, we... We grew together. Um, uh, Christelle had given her heart to the Lord uh, just before me, and uh, um, together we we were baptized, sure. and um, and we've just been on this amazing journey ever since. Yeah, and it's it's incredible to see. Every time I see you guys as a family, I'm inspired. I mean, I don't really know you that well, but but you can see God on you as a family, and it really is. It's a blessing to the congregation, and and you're a blessing to to where you go, and it really is. It's awesome to see that. We all start somewhere, um, doubts included, all of those things. It doesn't disqualify you from coming into the kingdom. And even if you if you don't believe in creation or, you know, God, Jesus as, as the son of God, it's it's just that's why testimony is so important to say this is where I was. Mm. But to see you guys now as a family, and obviously we don't see you at home and everything, but mm. we all have our things, but yep. God is gracious. And Absolutely. and to be able to see how God has been using you and, and, and your family in this congregation is exciting. And I'm hoping that more people get to know you and your family after this yeah, after this episode. Um, maybe I- I- if you want to take a minute or two just to, and you don't have to expose yourself, but what were you like before you got saved? Well, like I said, I was very much in the world. So, um, you know, my identity um, was not set. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very much in the 
in the partying in the being popular mm. um so uh, I, I had my drinking buddies and we would have fun yeah. uh, much like it goes and you know the sad thing is is that's so acceptable uh, in the world mm. that that is just normal um and um yeah it's it's not that i divorced myself from them it's more that i just drifted away because suddenly that stuff was less and less important yeah. and um i've had to remodel uh, myself on different principles now mm. and that's been quite a process um and <laughs> when we realize i think what's really important it doesn't become a chore it's just well i'm going to follow these steps now yeah so it's more like um okay this is this is quite exciting and uh let's start this this walk now yeah um and there are challenges but i've never really yearned back to the world yeah there's been times where you know it would be nice to have that um that time with the boys yeah. um but invariably it ended up to too much alcohol yeah. and uh, you know the 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 crass talk that goes with it yeah. and and the next morning you wake up um never mind a hangover it's just that your spirit has been beaten up because yeah. you just you haven't been having the right conversations yeah. and uh You're in guilt and shame yeah and uh, uh now i can honestly say that i'm having more fun uh, without the alcohol mm. and that uh, ha- has been um a journey and it's uh, as i say it's an exciting walk yeah. it's not a it's not a tedious oh i had to do yeah. this something um, has been taken away kind of no it's being replaced yeah but it has taken a while and it has been as i say a process yeah and it's awesome to hear how god changes our appetites yeah because we all come from something and, yeah. and we all have something from the world some people it's alcohol or drugs or whatever some yeah. people it's it's just uh switching off from all things that are important you know you can we can have our own vices so to speak but god changes our appetites and he like you you testified there to it that you don't really have a desire for those things and even yeah. though it's always going to be available yeah but it's awesome to to hear and see how god has taken taken you from that that place to where you are now. yeah praise yeah. god for yeah, that absolutely and obviously with that being said what are some of the hurdles that you that you faced along uh, along the way may in your life in your career spiritually uh, we all have those so what are what are some of the ones that you would say you faced and you've overcome um the biggest one is really the sense of identity as to who you are because mm. um before it was kind of my friends were affirming me mm. um whereas uh that affirmation when that clicked um then it all else started to fall into place yeah. so that was the first one but then there's the l- the the little daily practical stuff like um when you start to be convicted about something uh your previous friends would start to kind of just drift away so then you 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 make new friends um even some family members who might not be walking close to the lord at the moment start to uh see you in a different light yeah. and maybe um challenge you, uh, certain uh, beliefs yeah. um and and that can be awkward um so those are the 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 more difficult challenges um but the rest has really just been uh been enjoyable yeah. um what i really enjoy about christian fellowship is that you can get into a, a group of 
Christian, or just call them believers, um, and there's no pretenses, so you can connect straight away. Yeah. And I find this around the world. If I am uh, in New York on a uh, on a trip and I'm on a Sunday, I'll go to one of the local congregations, sure. and just walking in there. Um, we we just connect. Yeah, and yeah. One I'm in the spirit. Exactly. And in fact, um, I had the chance of meeting Nikki Gumbel a little while ago, wow. who did the Alpha course. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so our hotel, um, one of the closest churches, is Nikki Gumbel's main uh, church oh in nice. London. And um, it's multiracial. Um, there's people from all over the world there. And, you know, just like Paul went to Rome, um, there was people gathering there. So when the message is brought to the gathering place the people then go out from mm. there so a lot of people have gathered in london so this is why nikki gumbel is there with all these people coming from around the world yeah. to work and um and the message is being heard and then they're going back to their places mm. um and i hope that i can carry some of that uh that truth with me as i travel Wherever around you go, yeah. yeah and i think that's our responsibility that that as we get to know God's truth is that we we should be spreading it yeah and it's just how to do it yeah um that's that's my challenge is yeah Absolutely. but I'm convinced that it needs to be in love because people will see through it I mean people are are so perceptive and they'll see right through yeah. it we? yeah you can only s uh, keep faith for so long exactly. until the real you comes through and it it is true that you say that where you where you get together with Christians that are real yes um, it, it it's it's almost like there's an immediate opportunity for you to be real and, yeah. and vulnerable and you don't have to it's not about status or anything like yeah. that it's just about we serve the same god we we love each other regardless of what what you do or where you've come from yeah and, and i think that's the beautiful part of of being a christian yeah um, it's awesome to see and to hear that all over the world it does it does work like that yeah if we yeah. in the spirit of of christ exactly and uh to, to get back to some of the light-hearted stuff, that's really awesome, Andrew, and, and I really appreciate you sharing and being open and, and honest and vulnerable about who you are. Uh, mm. It's really awesome to, to see. If we had to go look for Andrew, where would we find you? Well, if it's not in a cockpit, then it's it's at home. I, I, I really enjoy being with my family. Um, uh, my kids, as I mentioned, are all at school, so they're at that age where they're around. Yeah. And... Um, so um, my priority is really uh, with my family when I'm not flying. Okay. Um, I enjoy the ocean. I enjoy water sports. So I enjoy getting on a windsurfer or, or even a, a paddleboard or a surfboard and, and, um, and getting onto the water. That's deeply relaxing to me. Mm. Um, and, um, yeah, down at the beachfront uh, having a coffee with Christelle. Yeah, always, always yeah. good to do something yeah. with your wife. Absolutely. Why not? <laughs> awesome. So, so we're going to end off... Um, this I didn't I didn't share with you beforehand, mm -hmm. but I, I'm going to give you five quick fire questions. One word, and and you respond however you okay. you feel. Okay, so there's not a timer or something ticking in the background. But if I had to say to you, color, blue, smell, uh, flowers, sound, raw, taste, sweet, place. Uh, Maltbos. Hey, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Maltbos got on the map there from all the places that you've traveled. Home no, is where the heart is. Uh, yes, it's awesome. world class, this place. 
So thank you very much, Andrew. Really appreciate it. Just uh, seeing your heart come through. Family man, man of so many talents, very gifted um, and so humble still. Uh, thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule. We got to speak about that before we started. Uh, but I know you're busy and I know you've got a lot of things going at the moment. So thank you so much. Really appreciate you being here. Thanks, Waldo. And uh, may the Lord bless this work and may he open the doors for this uh, podcast ministry of yours to to. O- open up and go to those places that it's meant to go thank you so much andrew and to those that have been listening uh, next week we will be speaking to another person from the congregation i'll keep it a secret for now but we'll continue on who's who so that you get to know your fellow brothers and sisters in the fellowship so until next time bye-bye